2: it's the most
3: wonderful time
2: in eight years yet some kids are protesting while trump fans investing their time with good cheers sing it's the most wonderful time in eight years
4: Welcome to a very special edition of Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. You may have noticed the, the screaming, our screaming fans here, and uh, we don't often have that uh, because we want to uh, keep ourselves from our screaming fans. But we are at the Unite IE, Redlands Tea Party Patriots Christmas Party, recording this week's show.
1: Live from the Mill Creek Inn. This is awesome, and it, you know, you know, it was hard to squeeze 150 people into the studio, but we somehow managed to do it.
4: It is a little tight in here.
1: This is a really special evening because we have. So- Seven or eight or nine or ten guests that highlight different aspects of everything that we have to be thankful for and to celebrate for Christmas. And this is a special show again because we have a lot of our, the people that listen to our show regularly sitting right in front of us cheering us on. It's great. Let's hear from the audience.
4: People are having a good time thus far. And we're starting off with our three first guests are young people going to college. I mean, put them on first because it's coming up on their bedtime.
1: Well, yeah, we've got to to honor the commitments that we made to their parents. Right. But also, as we introduce these folks, I don't know if you heard in the news this week that there was a – something that's gone viral out of Orange Coast College. Do you guys see that video? Where basically a student recorded a professor in a class going completely ballistic about the terrorists that voted for Donald Trump. I mean – this, this, is, this, this de- demonstrates exactly where our universities are today, where professors feel like they have the latitude to express these radical ideas to students, and they're molding young minds in the process.
4: They have become unhinged, just like John said before, we, before the show here at the, at the party, is they've really become unhinged, they're not just biased, they're not just leftists, is that Donald Trump winning has driven them absolutely crazy. Of it.
1: Uh, yeah, it, it, they are unhinged, and they are expressing themselves in really bizarre ways. So I just wanted to mention that as we bring on these students and introduce them, uh, we've got a couple of uh, students from the University of Redlands, and then we have another student from Cal Baptist University. So, Greg, who do we have with us?
4: Our students from the University of Redlands are Anthony Camargo and Gina Isaacson, and they're both with the Young Americans for Freedom chapter on the University of Redlands, and they're causing as much trouble there as they possibly can. That's great. Welcome to the show, guys. And our, and our, and our, th- and our third guest here is Ashley Grace Woods. Uh, we know her because she won our Tea Party Principal Speech Contest earlier in the year, and she's now going to Cal Baptist University, and she's probably not causing as much trouble there. <laughs> not yet, anyways. Not as much. We'll you time.
1: Hold those microphones right up there close. Tell us a little bit about who, are, who is YAF, Young Americans for Freedom?
5: Yeah, YF is a uh, conservative ideology organization. We're nationwide, right around 1,400 college campuses. And our job on campus is to promote conservative ideals to young students. Uh, Really what we do is we fight back against the echo chamber of liberal ideology on campus. Uh, Most campuses, in terms of conservative ideology, we are it. And we want to do everything we can to spread that on campuses nationwide. How many members do you have out of how many students? Well, for, uh, for us, we're a new, young, growing chapter. You know, we have about 30 on the active mailing list. We have about 12 active members. But on a nationwide number, I'd say we're in the thousands easily, um, probably much more than that.
1: That's awesome. Yep. Why, Gina, why did you guys pick YAF as an organization to plug into for what you want to accomplish on campus? And then we'll talk about what it is you're trying to accomplish. Why did you pick YAF?
6: I, I picked YAF because I've been working with them since I was a freshman in high school. They have uh, conferences that they put on, and these conferences, I mean, so many different speakers I've heard from, I've met, uh, the people there are amazing, and I just knew that this was the best way of doing it. I think their approach is, is the best way. It's all about teaching people and not about so much trying to, it's about aggravating, of course, the left, that's always fun, but at the same time, we are just trying to go out there and educate people on a side that they're never seeing in their classrooms.
1: So what kinds of trouble what, what, what kind of trouble have you guys this chapter brand new? It started this year
5: yeah it started this this year this is our first semester on campus. Me and Janet came together and we knew we had to do something on University of Redlands. Uh, we have already been featured on Fox News with the uh, really? Halloween political correctness event okay We attempted to do a obituary for Halloween because political correctness has killed it because the leftists get offended by everything that we do. And uh, the school felt that it would be emotionally harmful to fellow students at University of Redlands. So they blocked us from doing anything uh, with it. So it didn't take you long to get in trouble, right out of the gate. The, literally the first week that we were established on campus. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but that was actually better because you got more out of there blocking you yep. than well, right. you would have gotten if you had done the event.
5: Ba- bad news, bad news. Try- I mean, bad it- is better media. It's better I, attention, right? I don't think they understood how powerful our media is with YAF, and they paid the price for it dearly. That's awesome. What do you guys have planned coming up? What's what's your next
1: event?
6: Um, our next event is we are hopefully going to bring Brent Shapiro onto campus. Sweet. Um, our school has decided to fully fund it, so very much to a surprise wow. to us. Um, I don't know if the high-up administrator knows of this yet, but so far, the people with the money are saying it's a go, and we have talked to YAF. We are... Almost 100% positive this is going to happen next semester. Next
1: semester. Can you give us an estimate as to the date?
6: Probably going to be the end of February is what we're looking at.
1: Are we all invited to go?
6: Of course. The whole public is welcome. The whole community, please come.
1: Have you guys ever seen Ben Shapiro on campus and what they do to him to shut shut him down? It's, it's going to be insane. That's great.
4: And you have some other great speakers coming up this next term.
6: Yes, we are hopefully going to be get um, Alan West, too. We really want to get him on campus. He's an amazing guy. Um, I've heard him live before, too, and we really hope he comes to our campus.
1: You guys, are, you guys are just shooting right for the top. You're not messing around. That's great to hear. Good for you. That's awesome.
4: Ashley, where, do you, where are you up to at Cal Baptist?
7: At Cal Baptist right now, it's my first semester. So I'm just uh, figuring things out for myself. It's, it's been a struggle trying to balance everything, but I'm grateful for the friends that I've made and for the programs i have involved in. I'm, I'm doing ROTC right now. Uh, the last time I talked with you guys, I was just getting ready to start that. It's been a big success. It's been a challenge. Um... I've been pushed to my limits, and I just, I just keep going. I, I keep going. So. We've
1: well, we got some great news for you that we're going to share in the next segment because we've been working behind the scenes out of Cal Baptist University, and we may have some things happening there that we need your leadership there. You're listening to a special live broadcast of the Unite IE radio show every Saturday at 4 o'clock. We're here at the Mill Creek Inn, Mill Creek Cattle Company, for the Christmas party that's sponsored by the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and Unite IE. We'll be back after a break from...
4: A word from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation. The place to go for your real estate lending needs both residential and commercial. More with our students and young patriots after this message.
8: Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now. And from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590.
0: The Answer.
6: This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. We have a special live event. We've got a room full of deplorables celebrating all of the great things that happened around the country on November 8th. Unfortunately, it didn't get much past the state line. We're still licking some wounds here, but you know what? With a room full of people like this, I'm guessing that we can probably make a dent in this over the next two years. What do you guys think? Yeah!
4: Sweet. So at, at Redlands, I know that the, you know, the, the vast bulk of the students are liberal, professors are liberal. Is Cal Baptist any different?
7: Cal Baptist has an amazing set of professors. Um, I've encountered, actually, a few liberals in my time at my first semester. My English teacher actually uh, voiced, you know, open liberal views and I was shocked at the fact that, you know, a Christian university would have you know such a professor that didn't believe as I did. But in my papers, I openly voiced my views as a conservative and she was kind of taken aback at, you know, what I believe. So I've been trying to communicate my views here and there to her, but yeah. It, it's, it's been an amazing semester overall, though. I had the honor of taking a class with Paul Chabot and he was, uh, yeah, he was an amazing professor for American government, and I learned a lot through him, and he solidified, you know, what I believed as a conservative and encouraged me to, you know, go even further with what I've been doing, so.
1: Now, Ashley, we heard from two other students who are with, uh, at the University of Redlands, they've established a group called YAF, a chapter at the University of Redlands. Do you guys have anything like that? at Cal Baptist University?
7: We don't have a conservative group on campus at Cal Baptist. Um, I would love to. There are so many people that I could reach out to. A lot of my classmates don't really know what's going on in the world right now, and if they do, they're looking for answers. So something like that to be established at Cal, Bef- Cal Baptist University would be incredible.
1: Well, i got some interesting news for you, Ashley. We had a meeting with a department head out at Cal Baptist University last week, a guy by the name of David Pearson, whom we met, by the way, at one of the... Uh, Events that we held in the community, uh, you know, they had these little things called debates, and we had these little debate viewing parties. And one of the guests there was a department head from Cal Baptist University. So we've been emailing each other back and forth. And last week, I had the opportunity to have lunch with them out at Cal Baptist University. It's a brand new department. It's a beautiful facility off of Morgan Street. And he is going to help get something sponsored on Cal Baptist University's campus so that you and Anna, who's another student, a friend of yours, that you guys were homeschooled with out of Calvary uh, Chapel, Chino Hills. So they're going to get something started out at Cal Baptist University starting after the first of the year. And that's going to be great. And you guys are going (laughs) to head that up.
7: That is a definite blessing. I am so happy about that because a lot of students on campus really do need to be educated about what's going on. But here's
4: the bad news. You're the first president. <laughs> That's right.
1: Yeah.
7: I don't mind that responsibility. We, we
1: elected you president because, well, you weren't there to say no.
7: <laughs> oh, thank you for that.
1: So you've got some great mentors here that are at University of Redlands, people that have already started to, you know, have events like this now. Cal Baptist University has a special challenge. I don't know if you guys remember. Earlier in the year, there was a leg- some legislation that I think uh, was it Ricardo Lara or uh, Kevin DeLeon? I forget which, but he was sponsoring legis- They were sponsoring legislation that would essentially remove funding from private Christian universities unless they didn't. Uh, unless they Christian principles. Right, they got rid of their Christian principles. They couldn't require students to attend chapel. They couldn't require students to uh, sign a statement of faith. They had to get rid of a lot of classes, and so that they scaled back. But so Cal Baptist University is a little concerned, but so it's a big step for them. So we're looking forward to getting that started after the first of the year.
7: Definitely, I'm excited about that too. Let
4: me ask you guys this. Young people today, and I think most, most even the liberal t- students would agree, that they don't have as much opportunity and freedom as their parents and grandparents did. Most of them are gravitating to the left, and you guys have gone to the to the right. What would you... What, why is, what, what's driving them to the left and away from the principles that gave their parents and grandparents that freedom and opportunity?
7: Anyone? I think the answer to that is that the Liberals have been in control for so long, and we've we've been finally seeing the effects that you know their policies and their beliefs have had on society. Um, And we're reaping, you know, the detrimental decisions that they've made in the past. And the young generation is fed up with seeing that. They're fed up with seeing fiscal irresponsibility. They're fed up with seeing societal injustices. They're fed up with seeing, you know, the government not doing what they said they're supposed to do. So we want to make a difference in our world. We want to, you know, reverse those effects and, you know, change for the better. We're, We're tired of, you know, seeing ineffectivity from the government. So. We want a voice, and we want to be heard. And I I think the reason why
6: so many students are gravitating towards the liberal side, I think, is because they they have Hollywood behind them. And I think when you're young, you see this in every generation. The young always pull to that side. And then as they get older, it tends to be more moderate or more to the right. But I think it's just because they they have Hollywood. They have these people like Bernie Sanders up there promising them free college. We have college debt. It's a huge problem. That's a a big promise to make. And I think that they're thinking that that's what's going to save them. So...
5: Yeah, I definitely think entitlement yeah, think... plays a huge role. I know when I grew up, I grew up in a military household. You know, if you didn't put in your work, you weren't going to get anything out of it. If you behaved, you got whooped on. Um, and I don't feel like families have it anymore. I feel like, you know, children you know, and teenagers know that they can report parents and so on and so forth. And I feel like kids are very entitled. Kids come into college expecting an A instead of willing to earn it. I think it's a culture problem with uh, entitlement and, you know, with with past generations' problems that have kind of leaked into our generations kind of hurt us pretty bad. Well, Gina and Anthony, we
1: appreciate everything you're doing out there on the campus of University of Redlands. And so as you get your events scheduled and you know when uh, Alan West is going to be there and when Ben Shapiro going to be there, we'll have to have you back on the Unite IE radio show so we can make sure all of these deplorables show up <laughs> and give your university a little bit of a dose of what it means to, for freedom.
2: Absolutely.
6: Definitely. Thank and you liberty.
1: so much. And Ashley, good luck out of Cal Baptist University. It's great having you here. Uh, we appreciate everything that you guys are doing in order to maintain the spirit of liberty and freedom at your campuses.
4: What do you see? I mean, we do have a little time left here in this segment. And so so, so short, one of you, Gina, I'm looking at you. What do you see as the future for... Students and your generation is are are, are, we, are you gonna be able to turn things around or are you gonna be worse off than your parents?
6: No, we're gonna turn things around. I definitely have hope in our generation. I have hope in all of us patriots up here. I have hope in you guys helping us out, and I see it happening. We got freedom in our future.
1: Awesome. You're listening oh to a special God. live broadcast of the United IE Radio Show here on AM 590, The Answer, airing every, week at four, every Saturday at 4 o'clock. We'll be back after this message from our sponsor.
4: And once again, we thank Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation for his sponsorship. It's the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. More with we'll have some activists coming up in our next segment. Stay tuned.
9: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman,
10: president Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We've been serving our community with personalized homeownership solutions for over 26 years with offices in Merino Valley, Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all Southern California and Arizona. Today, we are experiencing excellent conditions in real estate and real estate financing. Interest rates are as low as they've ever been in our history, and real estate prices have come way up from the lows of 2010. If you've purchased a house in the last several years, there's a great chance that today your equity position is much better and available interest rates are much lower. Two factors that spell opportunity for you. If you want to find out what this means to you, and you want to talk to a lender who will give you straightforward, honest direction towards an option that's best for you, call me toll free at 855 640 2020. That's 855 640 2020, and listen to my show, The Main. Saturday, 9.30 a.m.
9: and 9 o'clock p.m. And again, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Right here on AM590, The Answer. Licensed by California DRE. Broker license number 01147747. And California Financers Lenders license number 603K610. Licensed by the California Department of Business Oversight number 603K610. and MLS
0: 9873. AM590, The Answer.
1: All right, welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. Our live event at Mill Creek Cattle Company.
4: Sponsored by? Sea uh, Party Patriots and the United IE Conservative Coalition. What do we got up this half hour? Oh, well, we have so many 7 minutes. We have so many great activists that we were associated with. We wanted to talk to two representatives of the of the activists and recognize what they have done and get their thoughts on their activism this year and where they're planning to go next year. And we're very honored to have you know, two people who do so much. I mean, I see these two people and I go, I'm not doing enough. And we're pleased to have Agnes Gibney with Thank the Remembrance Project and Lee Ku with practically every group out every conservative group out there. <laughs> Mostly we the people
1: as a as we a, a group. People rising. Absolutely. And there's something special about both of you. Both of you are legal immigrants to the United States of America. You came through the system and you did it what we call the right way, right? Yes. So what Yes. So what was that what was that for you? Where do you come from, Lee?
3: I'm originally from Laos. Um, my father was um, part of the, the group that helped the Americans during the Vietnam War. He was offered um, an opportunity to come to the States in the 60s, but he declined. So he thought that if he would just leave Vietnam to go to Laos, everything would be fine. But ten years later, he found out that it wasn't fine because communism spreads. And there was, no, it was, there was no way to live because if you have a daughter, she will have to marry a soldier. If, you're, if you have a son, he will become a soldier in the Communist Party. So he said, it's time to go. So we were left. We went to Thailand. We lived in a refugee camp for about two years. And the way it works is that it's a lottery system. You have to have a sponsor. And before you gain entry, you have to have all the health uh, checks. Uh, we had to go th- through a TB test. I still remember because I found the x-rays of our lungs mm. before, we, before we were accepted. And when we were in the camp, my father um, hired a tutor to teach us uh, grammar.
1: So you okay. were learning English. From... I
3: learned English grammar. I had perfect English grammar before I started school here. <laughs> but I couldn't speak a word.
1: <laughs> Very good. Lee is always correcting me whenever I'm writing a letter. I send it to Lee so she can correct it. <laughs> sorry, and sorry. A- Agnes, where, do you, where where are you originally from?
2: I was born in Budapest, Hungary. I was two years old when my parents left as refugees.
1: And where did you go from Budapest?
2: We went to Yugoslavia, which was the last border opened at the time.
1: And then ultimately, at what age did you come and immigrate into the United States?
2: I was 16.
1: 16 years old. And
2: didn't speak a word of English.
1: And listen to you now. (laughs) Thank you. No, it's great. So you guys really understand that from a whole different perspective what it means to live here. And so when Donald Trump showed up on the scene and started talking about immigration... Uh, and all the rest of the candidates really were kind of avoiding it. What did that mean to you?
3: I thought, thank you, God. Thank you very much. We've been fighting for years. Do you know what got me started in activism? It was the, the Dream Act, the California Dream Act in 2011. Prior to that, I had no idea what politics was about I didn't know the difference between a Democrat or, or a Republican, but when they, when they, when Jerry Brown and the Democrats put that bill in place to give illegal alien students $50,000 to go to any UC school of their choice, that burned me.
1: So Jerry Brown opened up a special can of whoop-ass when he got you mad.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> I was so, I was so upset, I went around to look for that petition to sign. And then I ran into Robin Vinston with We the People Rising on a street corner. On a street corner, I found the petition, and I told her, I said, wherever you have signatures gathering, call me. I will be there.
4: Before we turn to Agnes, you told me to ask you about the straw that you have attached to your shirt here.
3: Yes. uh, For those who don't know what this is for.
4: It's a straw. This is a drinking straw.
1: You've got
3: clipped
4: to your shirt. Yes. This is for your chocolate milk.
3: No, it's not. It's, it's, for, it's, to, it's the answers to other whiners, the snowflakes, since they have their, their diaper pin as their safe harbor. Well, I wear a straw to let them know that when you're around me, I am not your safety harbor. Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> a special straw. That's awesome.
4: Now, Agnes, your, your, your entry to act is a little bit different because uh, your, your son was murdered by an illegal immigrant. alien. Illegal and, then, and then, but then, but this was this this was in the early two thousands, and you and you get to deal with that and, and the cost to your family, but the, you, you you got into your activism because of the Unite coalition. You went to talk to Attorney Ron Osk about a legal matter, and he was telling him you're talking about what your story was, and then he called Don and I. Well, where where could we hook you up? And we hooked you up into Robin Vidston's group, We the People Rising, and the Remembrance Project, and it's been. All, I mean, you, you, you took off like a rocket from there
2: It's been an amazing journey it, it has been I cannot even begin to tell you I am so honored To be a part of you all I'm so honored uh, to have been A part of this campaign I'm so honored to be able to help To stand up for this country To have my voice heard And people you're going to hear Agnes Gibney a lot out there Because I'm going to fight Every politician that is violating our rights and giving it to illegals. That's not going to happen with me. I'm going to fight.
4: We're running out of time here. Where do you, where do you see? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, well deserved. Where do you see your activism going in 2017?
2: I am doing whatever anybody needs me. I am going the miles, I'm traveling, I'm doing anything I need to do. Thanks to the Remembrance Project, they are facilitating a wonderful organization that gave our victims a voice. And thank you to Maria Spinoza for that.
1: And you have had an opportunity to be on Fox News because of the work that you've done. You've gotten exposure to the Trump campaign, he's called you up on stage, you've spoken at some of his rallies. It's just been an amazing journey for you over the past, literally, seven months.
2: Very short time, and I'll tell you the, the biggest honor was when I saw Trump, Mr. Trump in uh, Vegas, in Henderson. I know, if, uh, uh, yeah, in Vegas. No, in Nevada, I'm sorry, in Nevada. And Mr. Trump came up and said, Oh, you, you are a great speaker. I looked at him and I'm thinking, Me with my accent, oh my gosh, I just about melted. <laughs> Thank that you. That is awesome. <laughs>
1: We're so pleased to have you here on the show. Thank you for Thank everything you. that you've done to help advance the cause and to support Donald Trump. This is the Unite IE radio program. We'll be back with more after a break from our sponsor.
2: Not hosting, they're no longer Toasting, Beyonce, Kanye Cop killers, racists and the Muslim Brotherhood They ignored
10: true stories Of Hillary who wasn't sorry For her crimes now and long Ago
5: Now it's the most Wonderful time In eight years
1: Welcome back to the United Inland Empire Radio Program We're broadcasting live The Mill Creek Cattle Company at the annual Redlands Tea Party Christmas Party in conjunction with Unite IE. We are having a great time. We met with a bunch of brand new activists from uh, in and around the Inland Empire, some students, uh, some of our immigration activists. And this half hour we're paying a tribute to activists of a different sort. Folks that have uh, actually joined the military and been a part of our foreign uh, theaters fighting uh, World War II, Korean War, and the Vietnam War, and right now we have, it's our honor to have a very special guest for our segment here. Uh, Greg, you've arranged this. Why don't you give a proper introduction for Mr. Autry?
4: Yeah, we are just so pleased and honored, in fact, to have uh, Bill Autry, uh, who is our first veteran, and he served in World War II, as you mentioned, and he has a career that is, if Hollywood wrote it, you probably wouldn't believe it. Uh, He was a child actor in silent films. Did a movie serial with Mickey Rooney. Uh, he was in Glenn really? played piano in Glenn Miller's band before World War II. Wow! And then uh, after Pearl Harbor, he joined the Air Force, the Army Air Corps at that, that at that point, and he flew both a P fifty one Mustang and a B twenty six medium bomber in, in the European theater. And uh, he's also his music runs in the in the family. Is that uh, he is uh, the cousin of Gene Autry, the the famous uh, cowboy singer.
1: So we're in the presence of living history. God bless you, Mr.
4: Audrey. Thanks for being with us. What, what, what have you done with your life, Don? Sorry? What have you done with your life?
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm still uh, trying to figure that out here at uh, almost 60, and uh, you put me to shame. I, I was two years on a piano. That was it. That's all I got. <laughs>
11: That's better than nothing. You still enjoy music, right? <laughs> there you go. So tell us, how, how did you end up in silent films? We'll start there. Uh, my mother was a who died prematurely at the age of 33, but uh, she was a very beautiful lady, and she sang like a bird, and she knew most of the bigwigs in Hollywood. But she didn't want any part of it herself, they tried to get their best to get her to be an actress, and she just didn't want it, but she wanted me to be a musician, and uh, somehow that translated into uh, films and stage and uh, later on radio and television all of that but uh the thing was that uh, I started in on on piano uh, when I was seven, accordion when I was 11, and went on from there. And uh, I've always enjoyed, no matter what else I had to do, uh, I've always enjoyed music. And that's about all I can tell you from that standpoint.
4: What What led you? You were in Glenn Miller's band. How did you end up in Glenn Miller's band? What was that like? That
11: was a little interesting. I was going to Pasadena College and I had an orchestra and we played at the Pasadena Civic and the Glendale Civic most of the time uh, on weekends and Glenn came to town with some of his people and he came up to me he came in there they did came up to me during an intermission and asked me if I would be interested in playing, uh, not with the bands specifically, but uh, intermissions at the Hollywood Palladium, where they were going to be opening soon, would you ask a little boy if he'd like an ice cream cone?
1: Wow. That's an easy yes. So that
11: that's how it got started, he kind of, he was like a Dutch uncle to me. Uh, uh, he took me under his wing and had me playing with the band on occasions. I even wound up playing on some of their Bluebird records, which I've never been able to find. But uh, uh, The last thing I have to tell you about Glenn, is besides being a genius, uh, and he was uh, very... Uh, Easy on his people. He never said a cross word, but uh, he did one thing. His eyes, uh, eyebrows, kind of moved around when he uh, when he was disgruntled about something. And uh, this one day in the Palladium, we were all they were rehearsing uh, for the evening, and he called them all together, and he said, "Now listen." And you could see by his face there was something wrong. He said, this is not about me, and it's not about you. He said, this is about the people out there that pay the tab to come hear us. He says, I want this band to sound like a one-piece unit, and I want them to be listening to us dancing to us and remembering us a hundred years from now. Well, it's only been, what, 75 so far, but... We still remember... Our time is running
4: so quickly here. What would you like to tell us about your service during World War II?
11: Uh, instead of telling you about my service, I... did what I had to do, and we had a saying, uh... uh, to that effect, that whatever they tell you, don't argue, just do it. And, but to me, if there is one serviceman, one soldier, sailor, whatever, one veteran in this country that is homeless, mm. it's wrong.
4: You guys have done so much for us. You, you veterans have done so much for us.
11: Well, we we did what we had to do, but uh, it bothers me that there were a lot of them out there that uh, came back. If they came back at all, uh, they came back with uh, bad things happened to them, and. Uh, nobody seems to care about it. You don't really hear that much except for organizations like yours that bring it out to the general public once in a while. Well it's an
1: absolute pleasure to have you with us here and like Greg said, it's seven minutes doesn't do a lifetime that you've experienced justice. Silent films with Mickey Rooney, uh, Glenn Miller's orchestra and then a pilot of you know during World War II and then so much more after that. Thank you for everything that you've done in service to your country. And for being a part of our event tonight and bringing a little bit of that history to life for us. We appreciate you so much for that. Thank
4: you. Thank you so much. And now a word from All Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this.
9: Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar All Star All-Star Collision, the Kings of wreck and Roll. 951 279 9161.
0: AM 590,
9: The
8: Answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer.
4: Welcome back to Unite I E Radio, the radio show for the most important political office staff of the private citizen. We are at a very special recording of our of our of our program. We're at the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. Unite IE Christmas Party. The room is packed. Everyone's having a great time. We've had some great uh, guests on our show thus far, activists and, and uh, some young people that are becoming activists. And we just interviewed uh, Bill Autry, a, a World War II veteran. And we are now so pleased to have a Jim McMahon, who was a veteran of the Korean War. And we know Jim because he is a longtime member of, of our Redland Tea Party Patriots group. Always
1: proudly wearing anything from this great hat, you know, a Marine veteran to some of the jackets you wear. And you're a veteran in our midst. You have uh, served your country, but not too many people know what we're getting ready to share with them. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, for the very first time, Jim McMahon is going to break his silence about an experience he had serving his country tonight. So we would like to get into a little bit of your background, and then we want to spend a little bit of time about what this jacket means, because on this jacket, it says Atomic Bomb Veteran. Not too many people own that jacket. No,
10: nope. not many left alive. Not many left
1: alive. That's a fact. So tell us a little bit about your uh, journey in the military. Where did you, uh,
10: when did you enlist, and where did you, uh, where did you serve? When I was 17, I said, I'm going to the Marine Corps. 17. I thought you had to be 18. No, mom signed for me.
1: Mom signed for you at 17. Wow, 17 years old. Something happened. You made up your
10: mind to go into the Marine Corps. Why? Well, a buddy of mine come home and dressed Blues, and I said, I like that. The uniform. So I decided uh, school was tough. I wasn't happy there, so I went in the Marine Corps. Got my diploma in the Marine Corps. Awesome. And this, is, this was during the Korean War. The war was already underway. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was in 1952. I went to boot camp, camp of June after that. I was in camp of June for about six months, been several maneuvers to Vegas and Puerto Rico. Then they called for somebody, people come out, they said, you, 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 you're going to Nevada.
1: Nevada. Yeah. And you thought you were going to go pull some slot machines, right?
10: Well, I didn't have too much of an idea because I'd never been there before. So this was – they didn't tell you exactly what this was going to be about. No, they took, took us in airplanes, 2,000 of us, flew us out there. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, my eyes got opened up. Uh-oh. This is an atomic bomb site in Area 51 out there by Las Vegas. Now, so, well, so you, you and 2,000 other people were literally just pulled out of your
1: ranks, flown to Las Vegas, Nevada. Next thing you know, you're, you're at, a, at a site – an atomic bomb testing site. That's right. Wow. What were you thinking? What well, was going through your
10: mind? 17 years old, what do you think? You just do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How close you know, were you? Uh, we were 4,000 yards from dead, uh, ground zero.
1: Well, wait a minute. Hold it. There's a piece of this story missing. So you fly into Area 51. They're get, they're, this is an atomic bomb testing site. And what's getting ready to
10: happen well, they put us in uh, classes and stuff, telling us what we were doing there, what was it all about. Of course, uh, at our age as we are, we just, oh, my God, now what are we getting into here? So then the morning of the blast, they took us out in trucks about 35, 40 miles to a test site. And and it was, you could see the, the bomb out there. It was in a big tower about 200 feet in the air. And they explained to us what it was, and they marched us into our trenches. And about daylight, they had us all kneel down and and put our hands over our face to protect our face in case anything came flying through. And we were in trenches five foot deep. When that bomb went off, I could see my bones in my fingers my eyes closed.
1: So wait, you are 4,000 yards from an atomic bomb that's exploded and you're just out there in the middle of the desert waiting for that blast to come and that's at right. you. That's right. 4,000 yards away. Mm-hmm. Did you have any idea what was getting ready to happen? No, sir. <laughs> so you and 2,000 other young Marines are flown out to the middle of the desert. You're given a class. And next thing you know, you're sitting in a five-foot deep trench with your hands over your eyes Getting ready to be a guinea pig for an atomic
10: bomb test. That's what I got on my hand. I was a guinea pig.
1: <laughs> that is absolutely stunning. So the blast. So what was that like that moment? You, you're kneeling down there. Your hands are. They told you what to do. Cover your eyes. Right. Is, or is that something you just did instinctively? Uh,
10: we all did that. Trying to. We didn't know what to expect. I just close our eyes and knelt down. And when and, uh, and it went off, I realized what I'd seen. I says, what is this? Had no idea.
1: You had ear protection, an atomic bomb. No, I
10: no protesting whatsoever. No
1: ear protection. No. No eye protection. No eye protection. No body protection from the atomic fallout. No. No wonder you're so fun
4: right now. <laughs> 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 okay, so after, so after the bomb's gone off, then, then what do they have you do?
10: Well, the bomb went off. There was uh, tanks out there. There was a house or two out there. There was, there was uh, uh, other, other, other buildings out there. So the bomb went off, of course, the blast goes out, and it's complete silent like a vacuum. And it goes out so far, I don't know how far it went out, but then that has to come back. And that's the dangerous part, because uh, it, it, it just, the, the wind, it's just a force. You, you, it's just a force. So when it can, comes back, it, it just crushes everything. So one of the guys at the end of the the trench stood up to see what was going on and knocked him down and killed him. So after...
1: Did they tell you to stay down for this second wave? They said, just stay down, there's going to be a second wave?
10: Do not stand up until we tell you.
1: Well, at least there's that.
10: Yeah. So then we come out of our Just We didn't have weapons out there or nothing. So it says, okay, we're gonna attack ground zero. So we formed a formation and we started attacking ground zero. And we went about two hundred and fifty yards. Stop, 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 the ready to us. The dust was coming down like you took a bucket and dumped it on us. We all turned white. Clothes, everything white. So we went back behind where our trucks were, they hand us brooms like you sweep your floor at home. And we swept each other off, hat, back, face, whatever. Wow. And we went back to camp and went on our way. The next morning, we had some instructions about it. And then they took us out there after uh, about noontime and drove around the area. And there was a tank out there that got blew off. It tore apart. There were houses that was there that were no longer there. Jeeps and other trucks they had set out there. And there was nothing left absolutely nothing left well jim
1: I, you know we we didn't have a chance to get into your korean service we'll, we'll cover that here in a moment but we got to take a break real quick but i just want to say for our audience and the folks that are here thank you so much for your service during the korean war and for volunteering and not knowing exactly what was getting ready to happen for stepping up and serving our country thank you so much for your service to our country, and for continuing to serve okay. with the United Inland Empire. This I, is the,
10: I, I, I thank you people so much.
1: As, as is often common, folks that served are the first to thank people who continue to serve. Great
4: Time for a word from our sponsor, uh, All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, because okay. they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Welcome back to another edition of Unite IE Radio We're in a spe- special edition at the Resiliency Party Patriots Unite IE Christmas Party. And in this half hour, we've been talking to some veterans. We had a World War II veteran, a Korean War veteran. And we are now pleased and honored to have Tom, Font- Tom Fontanas, who was a Vietnam War veteran. He was also with the Marines. We have something going here. We have the Marines. And one of the amazing parts of, of your story was is how, how you grew up I mean you were you were in the, growing in the Bronx in yeah. spanish Harlem that's right, and then you ended up in the Marines, yes, tell us about that well, I grew up uh, Puerto Rican,
12: which a lot of people don't know they sometimes they confuse Puerto Ricans with Cubans, like I tell everybody a Cuban is actually a Puerto Rican with a job uh oh, and <laughs> once you have that and you move on up. But I uh, grew up real poor. We moved. We lived in Spanish Harlem. We, grew, uh, we moved to the South Bronx. And uh, like I was telling Greg, we were so poor that when we were moving to the South Bronx, we were singing the, the theme from the Jeffersons. So no way. That's how, um, that's how, <laughs> that's how hilarious. poor we were. But um, I grew up, my, my, my family is very patriotic and uh, grew up Roman Catholic. So uh, President Kennedy's you know, the, the time of Camelot where he said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask for right. what you can do for your country. I signed up also when I was 17. My parents had to sign for me. That was uh, signed up right after high school, did with Clinton High School. Um, uh, that was in 66, signed up, went in in 67, uh, went through boot camp. My first duty station was in Guantanamo, Cuba. So I got to see the, the, uh, the, the recent death of, of Castro was a happy time for me because I met. A lot of the Cuban uh, uh, refugees that left from there, and they told me some of their stories of family uh, um, being killed and uh, wow. uh, uh, different things. Right after that, I uh, got my orders for Westpac, Western Pacific, went to Vietnam, uh, got there in August of 68, right after the big Tet Offensive, 68, which everybody remembers, the, the whole idea with the embassy and everything. Um, I was there. We went, uh, like I was telling Greg, the, the, the big operation that we were on was one called Taylor Common where they sent us into uh, the mountains of Vietnam. We used, to say, we used to say USMC stood for Uncle Sam's Mountain Climbers. So I that love was, that. So uh, 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 we were up there. We got, uh, it was rough. It was, I had two good friends that got killed over there. Every time the, the traveling wall comes and we've gone right. to uh, uh, Washington, D.C. and took etchings uh, of the wall. Uh, it was a big, we, we, we took over one of their R&R centers. Okay. And it was, it, it was amazing. Most of the time, Americans, we build something, we cut trees. They would drag trees three and four miles so they could keep the natural uh, trees and foliage uh, so that it wouldn't be seen by uh, bombers. Really? So it was, it, it, it was rough. I got wounded um, in September of 69, and um, like I was saying, it was a big bomb, uh, 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 booby trap. And I was carrying, I was a radio man, so I had a radio, and I had my helmet, and that took most of the flack, because when I saw it once, they took all the equipment off me, I could see how I had torn up the uh, PRC radio.
1: So this thing exploded behind, behind you. Behind me, and
12: picked me up off the ground, and threw me probably about 30 feet, easy. Because I landed, and I thought, you know, I, I, I didn't know what had happened. And like I was telling Greg, the last thing I remember was we had a... a, 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 a Scout dog with us, and the dog was barking. And then I heard somebody say, "Everything looks fresh." And the next thing I knew, I was airborne. I hit the ground. I tried to pick myself up, and I collapsed on my right side. Uh, and like I was saying, it's very, very uh, conscious raising when you when you when, when you go and wipe, and you see a lot of your own blood. So, um, so you were, you were injured. Yes, you were yes. you were injured? Yeah. Okay.
4: And yeah. yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but one of the thing, when we talked before the sh- before the show is. You came out of the Bronx and Spanish Harlem and a very poor upbringing with this very strong sense of patriotism. Yeah. You believed you believe in the cause you were fighting for over there. Yeah, uh,
12: I, still, I still believe in it. There's people, oh, why were we in Vietnam? And um, like I was, uh, I was telling Greg, uh, General Jopp, who was the, um, uh, the commander of all the, the communist forces in Vietnam, they did a, a series called the 10,000 Day War. And they asked him, who was better fighters, the Americans or the French? And he said, the Americans. And they asked him why. He says that they went there with an ideology. They weren't there to, to regain their colonies and their poppy fields and everything. And like I told you, when we went, our thing was, the reason we were in Vietnam was to, to, to uh, fight the communist insurgent forces seeking to overthrow the democratically elected government of South Vietnam. So that's what we were there. We were there to um, restore democracy. It wasn't to take anything over or to, to, to gain Anything except to maintain somebody's freedom.
1: Thank you so much for your service. Unfortunately, we are out of time right now, Tom. But if you'll stick with us after the break, we will uh, continue to chat with you. This has been the Unite IE Radio Show. We've been celebrating Christmas. We hope you've enjoyed our segments with the military as well as the brand-new activists, the college uh, students. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Unite IE Radio Show.